Good morning, sir. Good morning, monsieur. Uh, bonjour. I, I do I do appreciate the French greeting. Well, puts everyone in just the right mindset. Very sophisticated. Hmm? Yes. We are nothing if not sophisticated. Yes. <laughs> we may be nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> And that's fine. We are not sophisticated. Yeah, what does that expression even mean? Does that mean it sounds like we are nothing, we are not sophisticated? Yeah, I think it's one of those phrases that means the opposite of what everyone uses it to mean. Right. <laughs> Let me see here. So, first of all, we can introduce ourselves. I really don't know. I don't always do that. Not everyone has uh, been here before or know, have any, uh, any clue what's going on. They may have downloaded this by accident. They may <laughs> have uh, clicked on the wrong link and fortunately didn't get the Google, uh, you are entering a malicious website <laughs> warning, uh, which we are not. Uh, we try not to be, not intentionally malicious. Anyway. Only intellectually malicious. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> intellectually malicious. I am uh, Philip Shane, a documentary filmmaker and uh, science uh, appreciator. I, um, I'm just a big fan. I appreciate it. What, what, what is the word for um, like people who buy popular science books and are not scientists? Oh, or? That's a good question. Um, aficionado. It just seems weird because it's not like, like if you were an art aficionado or right. a music fan that would make sense uh, science. Yeah, i don't know if there's a precise word i don't know maybe one of our listeners can write in and self-identify yeah dilettante <laughs> to, knows only enough what is it knows only enough to be dangerous anyway i love science it's cool it's badass it's mm-hmm. people who can do it are amazing you sir uh, I'm Matt. I, I'm a historian of science. Uh, I teach at NYU when I'm not doing this. Um, I uh, I also like science and I purely like stories about how science actually works as opposed to how we think it should work. Yeah. Yeah. The process of science is every bit as fascinating as the um, end results. Yeah. The discoveries or and whatnot. Speaking of great scientists, I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Clifford V. Johnson. Clifford Johnson, a theoretical physicist, professor at USC, University of Southern California, hopefully not getting smoked out by the fires at the moment. He has a new book out called The Dialogues, Conversations About the Nature of the Universe by Clifford Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. I just say that so you can Google it. It would make a wonderful holiday gift. I'm just doing this because I love it. And it's an amazing book. It is a, um, it is in graphic novel form and conversations about the nature of the universe. That's what it is. So it's kind of like people hanging out, having relationships, just being friends, being colleagues, being all over the place, uh, sitting in cafes and talk. It's kind of like um, I, ha- I haven't gotten that far into it yet, but maybe it's like a Jim Jarmish. I think Clifford would appreciate this. It's like a Jim Jarmish movie, hmm. but they're discussing the nature of the universe and science. It's a fun way to learn science, and it's a beautiful, beautiful work of art. The story, we'll, we'll try to get him on uh, soon uh, and talk about it a little bit. He's 
uh, he spent more than 10 years working on this and wow. did all kinds of amazing things, including admitting to himself at the very beginning, I believe, if I remember correctly, that he cannot draw. That he, had, <laughs> he didn't have art <laughs> skills. And so he approached it as, he, as you would any great task. He just started studying art and practicing by himself and building up his skills. Um, and anyway, this is the end result. It's an amazing thing. It's in all the bookstores. And you can get it on Amazon. The Dialogues, Conversation About the Nature of the Universe, makes a wonderful gift for uh, holidays or no day, every day. You just mm -hmm. get it. It's on paper, if you're familiar with such a thing. It has, yeah, you can't pinch and zoom, I think, but. Uh, well, sort of manual zoom, right? You hold it closer to your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Featuring manual zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So uh, here's uh, uh, real quick. Our show is called What the If, and it's basically a what if kind of show. We ask questions about the bizarre kind of science fiction scenarios, weird things. Uh, we take the real universe, the real planet Earth, the real humanity, all the things in the real physical world that we know now that we know we are in and change one thing. Well, just one. Everything else has to stay the same. And then we say, well, what, what in the world is the rest? It, how, how does the world accommodate this? Or what happens if this were true? What are all the ramifications? You know, what if there were no gravity? That kind of thing. Yeah. We put a the in. What do you think? When you say what the if, mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? What's the, what's the, the what's that added? Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, expressing uh, uh, outrage and shock. <laughs> outrage is good. Yeah. Outrage at. At the merciless universe. Yeah. That they would allow us to do such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> to envision such things. And, and this week. I don't know where sometimes I come up with these things. Maybe you, you don't either. Or you listeners also have no idea. But. What if people were the size of dinosaurs? Dun dun. <laughs> Cue the John Williams music. Oh yeah, that would be great if we could get John Williams to do the theme yeah. for the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what if people were the size of dinosaurs? So I think the first thing to ponder is that dinosaurs were lots of different sizes. Right. right. So uh, some were big, like a patasaurus, bus size, you know, gigantosaurus mm. um, type things. Um, and some were, uh, you know, cow sized, like triceratops. Mm. And then uh, some were like chicken sized, uh, which is actually how big velociraptors are, not the, the Jurassic Park velociraptors. Oh, really? Too big, chicken yeah. sized yeah velociraptors are actually pretty small wow um michael Crichton just blew them up for uh, uh excitement's sake and i don't know that would have been i mean this reminds me of the uh when people do a reddit uh ask me anything mm -hmm. and right there's a classic question that they're always asked oh would it? you rather fight um a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses exactly yeah. yeah. Um, would you rather fight a hundred chicken sized dinosaurs? That's right. And I would say I would much rather fight a hundred 
duck-sized horses because the because uh, I can I can punt one of those like per second <laughs> yes. and I'll be fine. Um, yes. And how much damage can they do to me in the meantime? I think it's fairly low. Um, whereas a horse-sized anything is a real danger to you. A horse-sized chicken. <laughs> Really horrible. <laughs> um, so, but so, anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, um, yeah. So dinosaurs are all over the place in terms of size and mobility, and you know, tactics for getting around. And if we want to include things like pterodactyls and uh, you know, ichthyosaurs too, then we can get into the air. And Ooh, the, what's the an sea. ichthyosaur? Uh, ichthyosaurs, um, I think literally means fish lizard. Uh, it's uh, sort of a, a, a sea dwelling dinosaur. Um, oh, I didn't even, okay, dumb, but I didn't even think of that. There were sea dinosaurs. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, dinosaurs as a category is almost ridiculously broad, right? It, it applies to, um, must be thousands of species over the course of tens of millions of years. Right. Some of which lived at the same time, some of which did not live at the same time. Um, you know, there's the sort of uh, famous standard picture of the Triceratops uh, fighting the Tyrannosaur. Um, but they actually lived millions of years apart and could never have met that way. Oh, that meant, OK. Right. So, right. The Triceratops, which is, as you say, the um, cow size or maybe like a hippo with the yeah. um, with the rows of triangular shells along his back. Oh, that's the stegosaur you're thinking of. Oh, oh. Um, Triceratops has the uh, three horns, so just like a rhino, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, I am. I mean, when of course, when I was a kid, as with all kids, I think I knew everything back and forth. It's been too long. Uh, it's been uh, it's been about sixty five million years. Yeah, and I, I should say this is, this is a good opportunity for uh, a shout out to uh, my friend John and Loretta's daughter uh, Martha. Oh who knows all things about all dinosaurs. Um, she's the kind of kid who goes to a museum and corrects all of the docents and <laughs> fixes the plaques and things. How old is she? Uh, let's see here. Martha must be four now. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. She's pretty cool. Um, so let's hear. So if we imagine people are like that in the sense that there's some big, some gigantic people, some tiny people, some medium sized people, um, so Actually, let me, yeah, so I'll take one, I'll take one step back because <clears throat> I do get, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about what makes a species, what, you know, I mean, without getting too deep into nomenclature or whatever, mm -hmm. I mean, you said like, for instance, dinosaurs, uh, for instance, okay. People, people are mammals. This is something I yep. can wrap my head around. People are mammals. Mm -hmm. Most of them. And a mammal means air breathing. Uh, air breathing, live birth, nurse their young, usually. Mm -hmm, okay. And usually on land, but there are like whales and dolphins mm -hmm. that must maybe lived on land or were amphibious at some point and then went back to the water. It's a little complicated. Yeah. Okay. But yes, there are mammals who live there. Yeah. yeah. They breathe air. They have to come up for air. Unlike a shark. Mm -hmm. and fish and so those are and, and so mammals span from let's say elephants and blue whales yep. or whales huge mm -hmm. huge creatures to little mice right 
And birds are also mammals. Uh, bird, no, birds are their own thing because they, oh, okay. they lay eggs instead of um, uh, live ah. offspring. Right? See, we've learned something already. Um, and as often said, you know, birds are a lot like dinosaurs, actually. So right, they're, right, they're the true. modern survivors. They survived. Okay. Um, so does it make sense to say that people, for instance, if we were transposing people, humans, homo sapiens, Mm-hmm. to dinosaurs it sounds like it would actually make more sense that humans would be just one of the what do you call it species of dinosaurs yeah that's right i think that's probably right right um because as, as you say so i should say what defines a species is often a little nebulous but a, a a handy if not entirely accurate one is um can these two critters are the same species if they can breed with each other and produce fertile offspring? Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Um, if, so, they can get, if they can get it on. That's right. Yeah. So and uh, reproduce. Um, yes. That's right. A cow and a sparrow cannot produce offspring. So we say they're different species. Um, Definitely horse, don't try that at home. That's right. A horse and a donkey can produce offspring, but that's a mule. That's not fertile. So we say that they're different species as well. Oh, interesting. Makes sense. Um, so, but sometimes it, it gets a little weird. So technically, yes, a Great Dane and a Chihuahua can breed uh-huh. because they're the same species, right? Um, you know, there are mechanical problems there <laughs> uh, that, that may cause difficulties, um, but there's nothing sort of forbidding a Great Dane-Chihuahua mix. The Chihuahua might forbid it. Yes. Um, <laughs> depending on sort of which way this is going. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's, I mean, that gives you a sense of um, if you do want to have a wide range of body types, but still be in one species, then the artificial selection that we've done with dogs can be a good, a good indicator of how different you can get. Mm. So would the, would the, um, would Two types of, like, could a brontosaurus and a triceratops, again, with the size problem, but taking two totally different kinds of dinosaurs, could they breed? Uh, They could not, because we we assume that they are different species. Um, I'm sure that, you know, there are many different types of, say, triceratops subspecies that can breed together. Mm. Um, And then there's one triceratops that's so different from the others that we have to give it its own species category. Right. Okay. So the people then would be like one of the, so, so here's another, okay, here, here's a simpler way to think about it. I realize. Okay. let's just say that one species of dinosaurs developed intelligent, developed human level intelligence. Mm-hmm. Always a good idea. But just like in mammals, humans are the only ones that we right. know of. We're all, we're all pretty smart, relatively speaking, but we're the only ones with Skype and podcasts. Yeah, that's right. Which, you know, the dolphins may be like, look, <laughs> what are you gaining by that? We get to swim all day. You're stuck at a desk. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and so, so, the, so let's just imagine that I want to say people because I want to imagine like we let's put your mind, you know, imagine being, let's say instead of, let's say humans never evolved. 
Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. They stayed as the so okay. Here's a first sort of connection. We say now, okay, what if 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 one species of dinosaurs developed intelligence? How did how could that have happened? Perhaps oh, okay. the, the the asteroid didn't kill all the dinosaurs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and then they continued to evolve and one of them developed intelligence mm-hmm. yep. uh, and that's it. And the, 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 we just a quick mention that we believe it, it's now been fairly conclusively shown, I guess that mm-hmm. it was an asteroid 65 million years ago that yeah, hit the out. earth, yeah. killed mm-hmm. dinosaurs and much of life. Yep, on the earth most of the food chain yeah. and little tiny mice type creatures little mm-hmm. mammals who survived eventually evolved into humans and other things yeah yeah so we'll say that the asteroid was five minutes delayed um so <sighs> yes. misses the earth by uh you know a few thousand miles right? so the and asteroid is about as punctual as i am i'm <laughs> just always like five minutes late and uh, therefore, entire planets have survived. Yeah, that's right. Because at, at you know the speed of celestial bodies, um, right. five minutes really matters. So. Right. Uh, so, right. Yeah. So the asteroid misses. Um, we've got some medium-sized dinosaur about our size, right? Um, that develops intelligence, and the question of you know why certain critters develop intelligence and others don't is obviously an, an unsettled question, likely right. to remain so for a long time. Right. Um, one Therefore, of the, one ripe, of the dinos, ripe for imagination to... Right. <laughs> um, so there's, a, there's an additional feature we'd probably want that dino to have, and that's um, tool use. Oh, yes. Right. So we've got to imagine those stubby little arms... Um, extend get get opposing right if they can get opposing right. claws then they can do a lot of work right that kind of thing yeah and just to be clear because the thing i found most uh, gripping about this image was that uh the, the dinosaurs that did develop did develop human level intelligence were the tyrannosaurus rex size oh, okay uh, right so <laughs> let's just say they they were the Tyrannosaurus Rex and because <laughs> that's when everybody knows mm-hmm. and it's about as mean as some people are. And, uh, it has those pathetic little hands. Yeah. So even if they became very smart, you know, whatever you want to mean by intelligence, let's say the Tyrannosaur has it. Right. Um, they're not going to develop a civilization like ours. Uh, they can't, pick up and maneuver fine tools. They probably can't even see what they're doing with their hands, right? Oh, with those little hands. Yeah. I think, do um, do you remember, I feel like there was something in the news about those hands recently. I mean, not that there was something that made them slightly more logical, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but so, so, okay, so let's say they, what you're referring to though, is I think you're, you're saying that w- while little is understood about how the human brain evolved, 
with its level of intelligence. We believe that perhaps having an opposable thumb and being able to manipulate tools fed that process. Well, this is this is usually a um, chicken and egg question that mm-hmm. anthropologists and evolutionary biologists argue about right. is um, did our large brain allow for tool use or did the development of tool use help give us a big brain? Right. Right. And that's hard to distinguish from the fossil record um, because they, they clearly come about at the same time. So we can imagine that our tyrannosaurs are perfectly smart but can't handle tools. So they can make poetry in their heads and have a sophisticated <laughs> civilization, right? Maybe they've got a, a parliament where they, they gather to debate laws and things. Um, but nobody can write down anything they produce. Uh, okay, but this is interesting. So, right, so first we're proposing that the intelligence arose without the need to have a posable thumb and tool use, for instance, uh, which is kind of funny in and of itself. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they would, though, eventually develop tool use somehow. I, uh, that's, that would be the question, I guess, right? Because tool, tool use clearly involves both cognitive and physical components, right? Your brain has to work a particular way and you need to physically be able to manipulate things. Right. So, so dolphins say very smart, right, right, um, right. but with those flippers, they're never going to be able to work an iPhone. Okay. They, they just can't do it. Right. That doesn't mean they can't develop a different kind of technology. Uh-huh. Um, you know, something they hold in their beaks, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or, uh, or something that should just be held with flippers. Um, but oh. under, but dolphin technology is just going to look different. So right. tyrannosaur technology is also going to have to be different in, in some way. Maybe we can't even conceive of, right? We're so used to thinking about a world built by fingers and hands. Right. Um, right. Oh, I don't this know is what very interesting. Yeah. And so, uh, but actually I'm going to, I'm going to retrench a bit. And yeah. say it, with with the idea that now this is one of the tricky things about doing a what if, mm-hmm. let alone a what the if. <laughs> I mean, we do what the if, we got to be firm. And that is to say, invent as little as possible. Right. So let's say that it's this very simple transposition that everything about people is the same, except mm-hmm. they are dinosaurs. They are Tyrannosaurus rex. Okay. Or, or in other words, they, they do have tool use. Yeah. They have everything that we have, but they are gigantic. <laughs> and there are all kinds of other dinosaurs around them that are not as intelligent as they are. So I could imagine the Tyrannosaurus rex being the master of its world. For oh, sure. Bad. Yeah. And I would imagine that the Tyrannosaur would develop... Um, Dinosaur farming, for instance. Oh, right, right. Right, that's not difficult to imagine. So they would they would pick out whatever dino was most tasty to them, right, and start herding them up into controlled areas, um, so that they could breed safely. And you know, so that you'd have tyrannosaur shepherds. You, know, you don't need much technology for that, um, right? 
Yeah, first they, that's right. They would, I can imagine that improving the ease of getting food is a Mm -hmm. good, easy driving force. Oh yeah. And so they're tired of running around and then those little hands, they look embarrassed. They're like, if we could just get the animal, like, like this, there's a, remember Dick Cheney went hunting and And shot his friend. Yeah, and shot his friend in the face. But but apparently, it's so, you know, the Tyrannosaurus could do even worse. <laughs> Sorry, I bit my friend in the face. I hit, <laughs> I hit him with my tail. But, but they went hunting and like, but the, 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 the animals were like in a box or fenced in. Anyway, it was like, as they call it, turkey shoot. You know? Yeah, well, I'm, and it's, it's just, I'm sure it was just the same way with human beings 50,000, 70,000 years ago. Right. Where, where they're like, oh, do we really have to chase down that deer again to eat it? Like, right. let's, maybe if we could just get all the deer into one place right. um, and just keep them there, that would make life a lot easier. Right. Um, fence, so and for instance, dinos, a fence yeah. might be one of the first things that they invent. And they could do that even with their... Yeah, that'd be hard. I don't see what a Tyrannosaur fence look like. Um, that's a tricky. Well, I mean, you could make a crude thing even if you didn't have hands, right? You could just pick right. up fall, already fallen trees in your mouth right. and drop them um, in such a way that uh, you create um, a, a barrier to the, the smaller animals. Yeah, I'll buy that. Right, right. Okay, so then, and then even more to clarify, let's say we're going to go with the fact that they're, they they their hands are not functional in the way humans are, mm-hmm. but they developed tool use by other means, which would have to be. Yeah, that's the that's the trick, right? What is that? Or or what is it easier? Should we like? let's just say the the hands work? Let's say okay. that's that's what happens. It is, it's not literally Tyrannosaurus Rex. So it's some evolved version of Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's Tyrannosaurus okay. Rick, <laughs> <laughs> and Tyrannosaurus Rick. Mm-hmm. Like Ranger yeah, yeah. Rick. So, so hands are stumpy but functional? Stumpy but functional. Okay. And we have a title. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah so that was, that was it. That so was actually my nickname in college, stumpy n- but functional. No. <laughs> Mine was French fry. <laughs> so, yeah, the hands, that's a, imagine Tyrannosaurus uh, Rex, but he's evolved. He's now kind of Tyrannosaurus Rick. He's like a little bit more of a hipster. Mm-hmm. He's intellectual, <laughs> you know, because he's developed tool use. So, so the little hands work. They just grew a thumb. And I mean, I think that's all we need, right? It's like. All right. Yeah. So they're opposed. Mm-hmm. The opposable thumb. Opposable. Yeah. And so, and by the way, just to point out opposable thumbs. Is it only uh, monkeys and uh, apes, uh, simians? Is that what they're called? Uh, well, th- simians would be, uh, yes, they would both be simians, yeah. They have thumbs. Uh, yeah, well, it's, again, it's that opposable thumb, right? Can, can you press the thumb against the other fingers in a way that you can grasp small things? Uh-huh. So, you know, you've probably met a cat that has a thumb, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those are usually not opposable, right? They can't right. press press right. it against the other ones. Um, so, yeah, and then there's lots of kind of transitional um, primates that the thumb doesn't quite oppose, but they can still use it right. to, um, to do that. And I should say, actually, once I met 
um, a fellow human who was born congenitally without a thumb. Oh, yeah. And he learned how to use his index finger to oppose the other fingers. So it was sort of ah. a de facto thumb. So the fact that uh, he was able to do that, you know, suggests that we should be generous in what we think of as opposable. Right. Right. Where there's a will, there's a way. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was really quite amazing. So he could, you know, he could hold a can of soda and, and write, even though he had no thumb. Right? Wow. So yeah. Okay. So we can be generous to the Tyrannosaurus Rex as far as that goes. Yes. And oh, for, so I was going to say mon- monkeys, for instance, can hold a banana. Yep. So okay. they're able to do yes, that. Exactly. Right. Um, I think we would say that monkeys have opposable thumbs, but say um, uh, ravens and octopi mm. will use tools. Um, oh, okay. Right. So, right. So, so a raven will hold a stick in its beak and use that to accomplish tasks. So you can imagine the T-Rex doing that as well. Um, and I should say early humans almost certainly use their mouth as kind of a third hand as well. <gasps> so Whoa. we have, we have, um, if you look at the teeth of fossils of some early humans, they have this particular wear at the back of the tooth that suggests they would bite down on say a leather strap or a piece of hide, uh-huh. hold it in place while they then used hands to say scrape the hide or whatnot. Uh-huh. So, so there's patterns of wear on the teeth that suggests we, we used to use our mouths as wow. hands right, in that way. That was before the evolution of the mother who said, don't put that in your mouth. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> so back then they would say, put that in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> wear down your dentures. <laughs> Uh, so that, so, yeah, right. so that might be an alternative for, for the, the T-Rex to help things along. All right. So maybe they use the mouth as kind of a strong gripping hand and then the stumpy but functional arms for, for fine work. Right. Actually, if you think about that, combining their mouth and those little hands, they could do a lot. I mean, the distance between those two things is big enough that they could really move. They could hold on to large things, perhaps. Yeah, that's right. But they can, you know, they presumably they would make tools that were appropriately sized for them. Right. 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 Exactly. So they build cranes and. Yeah. So let, let, let's jump. I want to let's jump way forward. They've let okay. Tyrannosaurus Rick. And, and his uh, brethren and. Sister in what do you call him? Mm-hmm. What are if brethren or brothers, what are sisters? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Dope. I think it's at the bottom of this cup of coffee. It'll suddenly reveal itself when <laughs> I get to the bottom. And so is ilk. They evolve to the point where they have everything that we have built. Because why not? I mean, they would. And the, the, the one thing, though, to contemplate is that they're so huge that... Every, I assume that you could, at the very least, have to say scale up everything we have to Tyrannosaurus Rick size. Yeah, you could. So this is so. Then we run into a problem um, uh, called the the inverse cube law. Ooh. Okay. Not Which is something you coming. run into when you scale things up. Um, so let's see here. What's the? It's one of these things that's easy to show visually and hard to describe just in words. Um, so take a guinea pig. Okay. Okay. So um, I have one right have, here. Okay. Good. So fits in your hand, let's say. Yes. Um, there's the guinea pig has a certain mass, right? A certain amount of flesh that makes up the guinea pig. Yes. And then 
it has a surface area, right? How much skin it has. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's going to get a little gross. So forgive me. Okay. But um, it's in my hands and so far okay. he hasn't. So now I'm going to double the size of this guinea pig. Right. Okay. And feed it a lot. Um, and it is now twice as long as it was before. Now, if I again measure how much flesh it has and how much skin it has, I find that the skin, the surface area of it has increased by a factor of four. That is the surface area is proportional to the square of the length of the pig. But the mass of the pig, how much flesh it has, um, has increased by a factor of eight because the volume of the guinea pig is a function of the cube of the length. So the length increased by two? So the length, as we double the length, right? that means the surface area increases by four. So let's say the guinea pig was, let's say, one foot long. Yeah. And, and we double it to two. Now he's two feet long, but his uh, surface area quadrupled? That's right. And his mass, which is the critical factor here, has octupled, increased by a factor of eight. Okay. So we call this the scaling problem that as you increase length, the mass associated with that length increases much more rapidly than just the the size. Right. Um, So this this causes a problem. So one of the uh, one of the effects of this is that as an animal becomes large as you get larger and larger animals they need larger and larger um, support structures so say an elephant has to have really wide legs because uh, that is if you if you just so an elephant is what twice our size height wise yeah i guess yeah Yeah. um for me three times the size (laughs) (laughs) so that would mean their mass is the cube of that increase so they so they're oh, wow. much heavier, um, proportionally right to their height. Wow. Um, so that means their legs have to be mu- so their legs are much more than twice as wide as ours. So say if you took all that two hundred pound person, mm-hmm. we just have a nice round number, and you double the height or length of the creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's now. It's twice as high. So let's say if it was a six foot man, is now it's a it's an elephant that's twelve feet high. That's twelve feet high. Yeah, that's right. But that guy. So let's say if he was six feet tall and weighed two hundred pounds before. Right. It's not that he's now four hundred pounds because right. he's twice as tall, but rather um, it's he's going to increase by a factor of eight Ooh. because it's it's two cubed. So he's actually sixteen hundred pounds wow. now. So you can imagine, so that's a lot, right? That's a car. Yeah. So if his legs are just twice as thick as they were before, that's not strong enough to hold him up. Wow. Right? Yeah. So he needs to actually, his legs need to get super thick mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. support his new weight. Yeah. Um, so this, this, this cube law um, effectively limits how big critters can get on land. Um, because as you get bigger, more and more of your mass is needed to just support yourself. And that's right. not a, a fair deal anymore. So and that's so, why, we, so that's why we have, um, blue whales that can swim in the ocean because the water helps support their weight, right. but they could never, there's no equivalent that could survive on land. So an elephant is the largest land creature. Well, you might be able to get a little higher, um, 
but there's yeah there's a curve or the largest now right yeah so things start topping because like the gigantosaurus you know managed as well um but it becomes let's hear what's the way to say it it becomes increasingly inefficient to get larger after a certain point tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) new year's eve is coming up so if you want to be if you want to reduce Um, your yeah so where how do we get there oh we were talking about uh, tyrannosaurus tools right so so the inverse oh, square oh, sorry, law. Sorry, sorry, I just want to go back. Yeah, sure. So the elephant is the largest creature. Now, do we know how on land? Do we know? Uh, well, of course we do because we can go to the museum. Mm-hmm. The dinosaurs were considerably bigger than elephants, right? Right. Some mm-hmm. Huge, huge yeah. towering. Yeah. So elephants are clearly not the biggest possible. Okay. Um, right. It just becomes, like I said, it's a, it's a diminishing rate of benefit. As right. you get bigger and bigger. Right, yeah. right. Although much of those dinosaurs that we think of as the biggest, it's long necks. So like a giraffe. I'm guessing an elephant is more massive than a giraffe. Uh, I would guess know. so as well, but yeah. I could imagine being fooled by yeah. that. Yeah. Because they're so lanky. Yeah. So uh, an- another uh, quick question though comes to mind is why were there are so many gigantic creatures then, and there are not now. Something uh, to do with the oxygen? Or? I have no clean answer for that. Right. Um, and I would be suspicious of anyone who did, oh. actually. Oh. Um, because evolution's pretty weird. Um, and it's, it's very tempting to do these just-so stories with evolution, where you you kind of try to reverse engineer why every feature in an animal or plant exists, um, but in fact it's it's the result of these extremely complicated interactions. Right. So, uh, so we could probably I I, we, I could imagine that there's there's a, a handful of theories out there for why the dinos got uh, bigger than us, um, but I'm not familiar with them. But I would say generally you should be suspicious of, uh, of people who give hyper detailed explanations for evolutionary features. Right. Because, I mean, one thing that would be odd is that after the asteroid, the asteroid came and, you know, did damage to the earth, but, uh, and put a lot of dust and smoke in the air and blocked out the sun and did horrible things. And so the life died, but... I don't think the asteroid would have radically changed the kind of air on the planet. Oh, not once things settle down again. Yeah. So right. a million years later, you don't have to, but that, but that said, you know, the atmosphere was different. So it was uh, hotter, as mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. different, different oxygen and carbon dioxide mixes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how those chemical differences would have changed body size. Um, that would probably be a pretty good PhD thesis actually. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Sorry, you were going down a road. Where were we? Oh, Tyrannosaur tools. Yes. Right. So the inverse square law mean the inverse square law would apply to tools as well. So if you just take a uh, a knife and scale it up to Tyrannosaur size, <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's not going to look like a sword. That is not like a big knife for us, right. but rather it's going to have to be. Uh, uh, thick and differently proportioned 
Right. It's going to be like an eye beam or something. Yeah, that's right. It would be steel. It would be weird. So like, how do you, how do you keep an edge on a knife that's six feet long? Eh, It might be doable. I guess that would be, that would be a trick, but. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) sword fighting dinosaur. (laughs) Um, That's pretty amazing. Again, with these always go to surprising places. I didn't imagine at the beginning we'd get to sword fighting dinosaurs. That's like amazing. Valerian Um, steel. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a great so the sword for instance would be the sword i guess we have to remember that the sword has the same issue with the cubed with the cube law yeah that's right right um so it'll have to be in order to support its own size uh it can't just double but it has to be thicker and stronger as well. Right. So it might be that there's a sort of maximum effective size for dinosaur swords, um, that they just beca- become unwieldy. Yeah. And, well, and those pathetic, unstable. I mean, we did say the hands are going to, the hands allow them to, they have opposable thumbs so they can manipulate things with their hands yeah. a little better yeah. than the dinosaur. So, yeah. So I suspect, um, dinosaur spears, mm. uh, are going to be more popular early on. Right. Um, certainly if the person you're sword fighting with has a gigantic mouth full of sharp teeth, then a little bit of reach and distance would be a valuable thing to have. Yes. Maybe catapults at some point. Uh, yeah, actually catapults would be a good idea, right? Cause yeah. those are, you don't have to scale those up very much to still be effective. So right. yeah, maybe instead of crossbows, they'll just go right to handheld catapults. Yeah. Or like a giant bow and arrow, like a gigantic mounted crossbow or something where they can just pull it back, pull the rope back with their teeth. (laughs) So a building, a a New York size building (laughs) for dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If the dinosaurs eventually build an Empire State Building. All right. So this is, yeah. The it's Empire State, the real Empire State Building, I believe, is like just super roundabout, a uh, hundred stories, which is a thousand feet high. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And we say 10, 10, 10 foot high floor. Each floor is ten feet high. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, and then you have a hundred of those. Let's say these are round yeah. numbers for the dinosaur. Okay, now if I think about the Tyrannosaurus in the museum, how big is a floor? How big is just one? How high is the ceiling? Problem, right? So (laughs) the ceiling's going to have to be 30 feet tall. I mean, as big Um, as, yeah, a hall in a museum. That's right. And here's where, and now the inverse cube law again comes back to smack us in Mm. the face. Yeah. Because if if we're going to build a building that is big enough to have Tyrannosaurus inside it, it is now... So just the the wall has to be 30 feet high right. at minimum. So it is now much heavier than a 10 foot high wall. So to support its own weight, it then has to be thicker. Right. Does that make sense? So the so that quickly limits the the size you can build a building depending on what building materials you have available. Right. Now I'll just say quick, quick if we were quickly transposing if we said it in other words, now they could build an Empire State Building that is the same height, a thousand feet, mm-hmm. but 
it just has one third yeah, only floors. Have, yeah. right. mm-hmm. uh-huh. But more interesting, like these these guys are ambitious, and I think they wouldn't find the Empire State Building to be that impressive based on their own size. That's right. They'd be like, whatever. Yeah, it's no big deal. It's like a right. Like, like for Kmart. us, that'd be a thirty-story building, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Which is nice, but not um, but not towering. Right. Exactly. But and maybe. not going to impress you know the other rival Tyrannosaurus nations and. Uh, not to mention having a great observation deck, you know, and a cocktail bar at the top and mm-hmm. all that, and a ballroom, like at Rockefeller Center. Top of the Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Rexefeller Center. <laughs> oh, it's becoming a Flintstone. <laughs> it's getting a little Flintstone-y. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, Empire State Building is 3,000 feet high. Now, that is a, I mean, I know something about architecture and engineering. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, we're not even close to that. That's right. That would be very hard. Yeah. So, so I think the, the lesson would be that the age of Tyrannosaur proportion skyscrapers would take a long time to arrive. Yeah. Right. That's true. Um, but with the right materials, which we may be on the verge of. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's right. I mean, maybe yeah, the Tyrannosaurs would invent carbon nanofibers right. early on so they can build these titanic structures. Um, but we can jump into their future even. We can say, okay, we're now in their version of three, the year late 2000s or uh, mm-hmm. 3000. So the super fast forward mode that we hit at the end, they become spacefaring. Sure. As you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we become the horrible, terrifying aliens that <laughs> roam the galaxy like we are. We become the dinosaurs. We become the Gorn or those, you know. Yeah, I'm totally down for being the Gorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that being the case, they could be coming for us. Uh, yeah, no reason they couldn't. Right. If you if you can get those um, as soon as you start the route of tool use. Then, right. That's right. Um, it's hard. And actually, this uh, there's a there's a weird cognitive bias that, that goes on here, which is that. It's hard because we only know of one advanced tool using species, right, putting ravens and octopi to the side for a moment. Right. Um, we assume that they would all that all tool using species would kind of go the same route that we did. True. Um, and we don't know, right? We've got a sample size of N equals one. Uh, so, you know, maybe there's, there are tools that there are routes for tool development that we didn't take. Right. We right. don't, we don't know. And it would be hard to conceive. Uh, and there's actually, there's an interesting short story whose name I'm blanking on. Um, but, uh, the, the premise is that interdimensional ter- interplanetary travel, you know, faster than light travel is actually really easy to do with simple tools, but that humans just missed it. So, <laughs> so we put all our effort into doing, building things like <laughs> guns and cars, yep. whereas other civilizations are traveling around the universe with effectively like bronze age technology. Whoa. So, so when they come to visit Earth, uh, we're fantastically developed 
you know, in terms of weapons technology. Yeah. Um, but they have this thing that we just missed, right? We just forgot to bang <laughs> those two rocks together wow. in this particular way. Um, and it's a very funny story, as you might imagine. Then we go on to conquer the universe because um, we have these tools. But And we got that one missing piece now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but nobody else bothered to refine the tools they had because they could do all this cool stuff with it already. So like, why bother that making is awesome. cars? It's like, we have steampunk. I mean, this yeah, is, that's right. this why, is the, why bother? <laughs> this is the limit. This is awesome. What, what more do we need? <clears throat> Fantastic. I have to say, you know, I, I want to say, uh, I'd like to say at the end, what, what should we, we appreciate now um, about our, our world? And mm-hmm. um, I think we have to appreciate that asteroid. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, no question. That's right. We would um, <clears throat> nothing like us would be here if not for that asteroid. Yeah, I am not for exterminating multiple species globally. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> that one time <laughs> we can be grateful for it worked. The extinctions that have happened in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And we can honor our marsupial great, uh, great, 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 great uh, cubed grandparents uh, for having the fortitude to, you know, hunker down, wait it out. And uh, you said it was a million years before the sky cleared. Oh, I totally just picked that number right. um, out of uh, the sky. No. So it's well, I should say this is actually a, a field of, of significant current research is exactly what the aftermath of the asteroid impact um, looked like. So there's all sorts of interesting puzzles that come along. Right. And, it's, and it's not just things like, when do the wildfires stop burning? It's things like, when does the ocean chemistry get back to equilibrium? Oh, wow. Because without that, then you can't have algae. And without the algae, you can't have enough oxygen for critics like us. Yeah. Um, so it turns out to be an ex- extremely complicated question of, of when does Earth get back to normal? And of course, normal changes with time as well. Right. And, and uh, I guess the last thing is that, you know, there's another path here where the dinosaurs evolved intelligence and tool use and everything we have and maybe more before the asteroid came. So they were able to ride it out. Uh. Yeah, that might be, yeah, that would be a different... I mean, if they were spacefaring, they really could ride it out, literally. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> or even, yeah, I mean, if they had 20th century, late 20th century technology, you could imagine them building bunkers and hydroponic systems, and w- whether it would last long enough for them to come back to the surface would be another question, um, but at yeah. least possible. Yeah. Right? And, and I should say, in the time scale here, is important. So when we say the dinosaurs, and as we started off, we're talking about eras that are tens of millions of years long. Right. And we think about technological development in terms of thousands of years. So, it's, so it's no big deal to say the tyrannosaurs started e- evolving a million years earlier than they did. Right. That's a drop in the bucket wow. on their time scale. Yeah. So it's not hard to it's, it's not inconceivable uh, that. In that plus or minus million years, they get 10,000 years of tool evolution and they end up like us. Yeah, that's a drop in the bucket. And the dinosaurs lasted, I think, 100 million years. Yeah, that's right. They were awesome. Yeah. Good run, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to be lucky if we you know, make it to the end of the century. Yeah, I think podcasting may be the limit. <laughs> we, 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 reached, 
that we reached uh there was the you know they they got the jurassic age or whatever we got to the podcasting age and then it was just yep. bye <laughs> that was it thank you for listening you out there Please, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love to uh, give us a hand, help us out, uh, help us grow the show. Go to iTunes and uh, click on ratings and reviews, and uh, you'll see some stars there. Click them all. Just all the stars. And uh, there's five, I think, max. Again, if you can carve a sixth one, go for it. If you can use your tool use. And uh, if you can write a few words, too, that's cool. You don't have to. The iTunes thing is very confusing. Um, I'm actually going to put a little cheat sheet on their website. <laughs> it's <laughs> that bad. shocking and, and, and whatnot. But that being said, if you are a really good use of tools in your opposable thumbs and you can go to iTunes, leave us a review. That would just be fantastic. We want to hear from you. We do not know what you think. I think a lot of people are listening thinking, no, they know I'm listening. They know where we are. They know, we, we don't know anything. What the if... Where the if are you? <laughs> Just where are you? We'd love to hear. Where are you and what's the weather like now? You can email us. Uh, feedback at whattheif.com. Feedback at whattheif.com. Also, you can just go to our website, whattheif.com. There's a contact link, uh, contact button there. You can hit that and uh, send us a message through there. Also on the website, all our previous episodes. And we're, we're, we have quite a library now. We do, yeah. It's really amazing. I mean, the number of crazy ideas we've come up with is uh, and tossed into the air is quite astounding. When they all fall down at once, it's going to be earth-shattering. <laughs> <laughs> and, and lastly, I'll just give another quick shout-out to Clifford Johnson's book, The Dialogues, Conversations About the Nature of the Universe, a beautiful uh, graphic novel form, fun, uh, social, and beautiful exploration of science, uh, not unlike what we do in a way, I suppose. Chit chat and yep. uh, get Go to read. the heart of things. He's much smarter. He's 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 brilliant though, and he goes way deeper. And, in fact, I, I think we're going to get. A, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of ideas out of that book. So for us, Matt, thank you. Oh my God, we went back. We went back to the Jurassic and beyond, and returned to the present. And returned to the present with our own. Oh, okay. One other thing you can appreciate: your large. And useful arms and hands. Seriously, really appreciate the fact that you can see what you're doing with your hands. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have as many teeth, and uh, they couldn't even brush their teeth. I mean, they, they have a long yeah. way to go. Good thing they had 100 million years to figure it out. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you very much. Oh, also Twitter, just and find us on Twitter, and we have a lot of fun discussions there. I pass a lot of links, a lot of news around science news and we just joke around and uh, pass tips and beautiful pictures back and forth uh, what the if show at what the if show we have so much media so much <laughs> social media we will get together again next week and send our minds a spinning when we ask what the, the if, 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 if.
I looked it up, and the equivalent of brethren is sistren. They're both just the plurals of the Middle English for brother and sister back in the day. There's our $10 word for today. Yep. How do you spell that? S-I-S-T-R-E-N. Brother and sister, and thanks for tuning in. I hope you appreciate this little bonus 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 knowledge. 